You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have Mark Falconer joining us in the studio. Welcome, Mark. Hi, Jason. It's good to have you back here, Mark. That's uh, terrific. I know uh, two weeks ago we were expecting you in, but um, because of other commitments, uh, Cosman uh, ste- stepped in and we had a, a good discussion with him. So it's good to have you back doing the program that you were going to do two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, sorry I couldn't be there and uh, I was yeah, bitterly disappointed. Oh, uh, well, that's all right. We, we've got you back now. <laughs> Glad to be here today. Uh, now, um, have you been up to anything interesting lately, Mark, that you'd like to share? Well, I've enjoyed doing a small group uh, study with a, a church here in Tasmania. We've been uh, going through the book of, of Steps to Christ along with Scripture and uh, with established church members, and uh, and we, we've been really enjoying unpacking Scripture as well as Steps to Christ. And, and what I would like to say to our listeners the best book on discipleship, on how to follow Jesus, is the book of Steps to Christ. Mm. Some people think it's too basic for them. Don't ever think it's too basic. Mm. Absolutely. And we studied that book, actually, with uh, Peter Watts earlier in the year. We did a series called The Apprenticeship, and uh, we worked through that book. So if you're interested, you can uh, still probably claim copies of that book and uh, go back and have a listen to our past episodes on the Faith FM website or the Faith FM app. It's a, certainly a, a, an excellent little book. It's not too big, and uh, it's a brilliant, um, a brilliant study on really how to get to know Jesus better. And so if our listeners do uh, have a chance to read it, mm. one piece of advice, take your time. Take your time, yeah, yeah. Take your time. Yeah, don't rush through it even because it's a little book. You could probably sit it, sit down and read it in one session if you wanted to. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's a good idea to take your time. Really think about it. And uh, there's some beautiful treasures in there. So, um, Mark, today we are doing a program with you titled, Is Jesus Really Serious About Bringing People to Account? And with a subtitle, When Mob Rules. Fascinating title. Um, let's uh, let's start with a bit of a story. Yeah, look, I I remember uh, back in New Zealand when I was uh, a young lad. wasn't uh, a Christian at that time, and not wasn't a believer. But it was at the time when the All Blacks were playing South Africa, uh, late seventies, and this was a time when South Africa was an apartheid country. And uh, they came over to play rugby in New Zealand, and the Prime Minister at the time was Robert Muldoon. And the national government, uh, the National Party who were governing New Zealand at the time, had the policy of that politics should not interfere with sport. Hmm, that's an interesting thought, that, isn't it? Mm. Especially in today's climate. But... And with that principle, uh, they allowed the South African rugby team to tour New Zealand and consequently there were an awful lot of protests that happened at the rugby games. And uh, I remember at the time uh, I went to one of the rugby games in Christchurch and 
we were watching the, the the game, but we were also watching the rioters just at the side there with the police and the full um, full gear with the shields, the batons, the helmets, and and the rioters were goading the the police. The police were charging the rioters, and the uh, the rioters were brawling with the police and. And you're looking at this and you're thinking, hmm, which is more interesting, the game or the rioters? Mm. And uh, <laughs> it was an ugly time in New Zealand with mm. all the protests. And, and Of course, you experienced that firsthand because you were living there at the time. Yes, yeah. yes. And, uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll never forget that. And, uh, and there were also some ugly protests and some protesters put glass on the rugby field Another one got into a plane and and flew over a rugby game and dropped flower bombs onto the players and uh, hit one of the players and it hurt them and he had to leave the field and I um, I'm not can't remember if the game continued or not but rioters mob you know it changes people mm. and I remember at work you know and it, I remember people yelling at each other angry. You know, those who were for the rugby games to continue and those who were opposed to it because of apartheid. And, and it, it's um, the point here is not so much which side you were on, but the fact that um, there's this sort of crowd mentality that goes on, that people get caught up in that, yeah. that uh, emotion of, you know, um, fighting for whatever <laughs> principle you're fighting for. Yeah, and, and it divided people. It divided yeah. the workplace and... Mm. Uh, and people saw that also in January 6th mm. in 2020. You remember when Donald Trump was giving one of his, well, famous speeches, if you like, on January 6th. This was after the election. Mm. And January 6th was the day when the... Um, the votes were being uh, formalised in the, in the uh, what is it, the House... Or whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just uh, lost it. The, the, the college the was college, being for, yeah, formalised yeah. in, the, in the college. And and he was giving a speech to all his supporters there that day. And uh, he encouraged the people to march on Pennsylvania Avenue. And he, he goaded the crowd to fight, fight, he said to them. And, and the people got... Uh, caught up and they started to chant, fight for Trump, fight for Trump. And Donald Trump then also said, well, we need to ask patriotically. Mm. (laughs) We need to ask. And he tried to sort of cover himself. But then the crowd started to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. And as they were chanting, the mob sort of kind of took on a new kind of persona. And if you were to Google the pictures of the right that day, there were people that were hanging off the stairwell or the side of the building. Really interestingly dressed people as well, weren't there? There were some strange, you know, people with, you know, masks and uh, horns and things. Yeah, they, they, they were. Yeah. And, and there were some that looked quite frightening. Yeah. And some, uh, yeah, who were wearing um, full face masks so that you couldn't see who they were. And, and then... As they were uh, stopped at the barricades, the police tried to stop them, but the crowd then just started to overrun the police and then they overran the Senate and, of course, then all 
as they say, hell broke loose mm. uh, in, in, the, in the main buildings, administration buildings, and consequently Donald Trump was impeached for a second time. Um, and uh, they've been trawling over that ever since. Now, whether you love or hate Trump, he's a polarising figure nonetheless. And, uh, but, but the point here, as, as you say, Jason, the mob, mm. they do take on a different persona. And there's one author who said this, the crowd is not in us. So what happens in a, in a mob situation? In a mob, the people take on values, beliefs and behaviours that are not necessarily a part of the individual. Mm. Like at the start of the day, I really wonder how many in the January 6th riot ever thought that they will be running up and down the halls of the Senate or the Congress yeah, building. Capitol building, yeah. That, that's a uh, yeah, very strange thing, isn't it, that it's almost as if um, our own thinking disappears at times, that we, we, we forget to think about my actions and my, uh, my own beliefs and we give way to the movement of the, the majority. And you get caught up in the moment. Mm. And, uh, and so as the people were running up and down the halls of the Capitol building, they just thought at the start of the day when they were having breakfast, let's go to a Trump rally and hear a speech and mm. thinking how appalling things were and that sort of thing. And so with the crowd and the mob mentality, people take on different or quite often take on different beliefs, behaviours and values mm, mm. And, and the mob sort of rule takes over. Mm. Do you know that violent mobs have um, incidents have risen sharply since 2016? Really? Yeah, and I, I don't know what's happened in 2016 for the, a marked change, but uh, there has been a, a dramatic rise in, in, in mob Mentality and violent protests, mm. which, which is interesting. I think we're becoming a more divided society, perhaps. Um, I think even uh, through COVID, we had some of that sort of thing happening as well with uh, people protesting against the lockdowns and other things. So we're uh, becoming more divided as a society, perhaps, rather than more unified. Well, whoever would have thought on the streets of Melbourne mm. that you would have seen rubber bullets? Mm. Mm from people who are protesting for more liberty. It's very sad, isn't it? Very, mm. very sad. We're going to take a break, but before we do, we've got a question for you. Have you ever had to stand against the crowd? Share your experience with us. We'd love to hear you hear from you today. It's a live program, and uh, we can share your thoughts to our other listeners as well. So text us in 0488 Have you ever had to stand against the crowd? Share your experience with us. 0488 This is Faith to be Strong by Andrew Peterson. Give us faith to be strong, Father, we are so weak. Our bodies are fragile and weary. As we stagger and stumble to walk where you lead, give us faith to be strong. 
us faith to be strong Give us strength to be faithful This life is not long, but it's hard Give us grace to go on Make us willing and able Lord, give us faith to be strong up when we break this flesh can be wounded and shaking when there's much too much trouble for one heart to take give us peace when we're torn give us faith to be strong give us strength to be faithful this life is not long, but it's hard. Give us grace to go on, make us willing and able. Lord, give us faith to be strong. Father, we cannot see how the sorrow we feel can bring freedom. And as hard as we try, Lord, it's hard to believe. So give us hearts to find hope. Give us faith to be strong. Give us strength to be faithful. This life is not long. listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Mark Falconer on our program Encounters with Jesus and today we're looking at whether Jesus was really serious about bringing people to account and in particular we're looking at what happens when you get caught up in the mob and uh, titled yeah when mob rules and we asked you a question have you ever had to stand against the crowd Share your experience with us. We'd love to hear from you. 0488 Text us in on that number. Um, if you've ever had a situation where you had to stand against the crowd. Um, Mark, we're going to look at some biblical examples here of crowds. Yeah, we're going to be looking at Jesus and Barabbas. And this was the trial. And... There's a whole lot of layers in this one because this is a situation where the mob at the end of the evening were chanting, crucify him, crucify him, where three days before they were waving 
palm branches welcoming Jesus in, into Jerusalem and proclaiming him as the Messiah. But three days later, they were chanting, crucify him, mm. crucify him. And so when we're looking at the trial of Barabbas and Jesus, there's a whole lot of complicating factors that feed into it that led to the crowd chanting, crucify him, crucify him. And I imagine the people, and we're just going to give a little bit of an insight here as to where we're heading with this one, I imagine the people at the end of the day may have reflected on, goodness me, was that me in that crowd? I got carried along with the moment here. It's a terrible thing there when you had the Son of God standing there with a man like Barabbas. So, let's have a look at who who was Barabbas. Mm. Now, we are going to start in John, are we, before we get into specifically Barabbas? Now, or, or let, let's have a look at John, chapter 1831 here. It says, uh, it says, Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. Clearly, uh, the people who had Jesus here wanted, they had a, an objective in mind. <laughs> the, the, the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin were very clear at what they wanted at the end mm. of the day. Mm. And they wanted Jesus of Nazareth to be put to death. And, and so they couldn't do that because the Jewish laws didn't allow anyone to be put to death. That, so that they was under to, the Roman rule. That that was right? Un, yeah, that's right, yeah. And so they had to go to Pilate and say, well, we would like Jesus to be put to death. And Pilate says, well, no, you do it. Mm. You do it. You judge him by your own law. Mm. No, we can't. We can't. And, and so it, that opened up the fact that they wanted a kangaroo court and they wanted him put to death at the end of that day. Mm. And then in Luke uh, 23, 2, it explains a little bit more about their reasoning or their at least their arguments, which weren't entirely true, I think. Is that right? Where uh, they accused him here. It says in uh, Luke 23, 2, it says, And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this man misleading our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. All right, that's interesting, isn't it? So that that's, they're accusing Jesus of, what are they accusing him of? Well, sort of treason in a way, is that right? Treason, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because they're saying, hey, he's the Messiah. Mm. And and the yeah. hypocrisy of the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin saying that they were, Jesus was forbidding the people to give tribute to Caesar, Caesar. And, yet, and yet his teaching on the taxes was to give to Caesar what, what is his. Yeah. yeah, come on. <clears throat> so they were lying. Mm. So they were very clear that they wanted uh, Jesus to be put to death. Mm. So there's one layer. Now we've got another layer. We've got Pilate there. He was the, he was the governor. Mm-hmm. Now, he, Pilate knew very well that his job was tenuous. Um, and he had to keep the peace in in this region. It was a volatile region, and he had to curry favour with the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin. And so uh, he had to keep try and keep the peace there and to curry favour. So there's another complicating factor. Mm. Now 
we've got another complicating factor, and that is Barabbas. Yeah, let's read this uh, from Matthew 27, verse 15 to 20. And just in case uh, we, I haven't uh, mentioned the version, English Standard Version is what we're reading from today, the ESV version. So it says in verse 15, Now at the feast the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to destroy Jesus. Now you've got something interesting to tell us about this name, Barabbas. Yeah, look, Barabbas, um, in in the original Greek, means son of a father. Mm -hmm. Now, there's something else interesting, we'll come to that one in in, in a minute, the, the first name of Barabbas, but... So son of a father, and so I want you to imagine, I want our listeners to imagine just for a moment that his father was proud of his son. Here was a son who was, you know, young three or four year old who who grew up and and uh, he was very proud of him, but now he's turned out to be a murderer, mm. a thief, mm. and a liar. Mm. And how to be hard. Be hard, wouldn't it? As a parent. And so now he's sitting in a cell there waiting for the death penalty. Now, there were two others who were also to be sentenced to death. And and so he was effectively going to be the third. And so three people have got a death sentence there. And so when he was sitting in the cell there, his cross was already being made up. Mm. And uh, he knew that. He thought at the time that this was going to be my last day on earth. But do you know what his first name was? You're going to have to tell me. Jesus Barabbas. Mm. Now, they found in a second century Syriac version that the name Jesus was Jesus Barabbas, um, was part of the second century text, but then it got dropped later on. And no doubt they dropped it because... They didn't want the confusion there. Well, not only that. Or the association. The association. Mm. Can't have Barabbas associated with that. So now you've got two characters here, Jesus Barabbas and and Jesus Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, which makes the contrast more poignant. Mm. Now you've got um, Pilate, who wants to curry favour. Now you've got the curry favour with the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees. And then you've got the wife says, have nothing to do with this man. Then another complicating factor was a tradition. What was that tradition? To release a prisoner. To release a prisoner. Mm. Oh, poor old Pilate. He's a ham and a sandwich, isn't he? (laughs) What am I going to do here? And so interestingly, that dream that his wife had, do you think that was really she was trying to tell him, let that one go. Is it, do you think that in that message where it says, I had a dream and um, it's caused me great trouble, and she was telling him, don't have anything to do with this man? Like, was that, do you read that as her encouraging him to 
get rid of him, let let him go, or to... absolutely right. Okay, yeah, he's got to let him go, and um, and and so poor old pilot then is in the situation with his wife saying, "Yes, you got to let him go," but then the crowd, <laughs> yeah, they do something else. They they do now. Do we have the next part of the... Yeah, we can do that for sure. So we went read through to verse 20, and then, um, of course, we know that the crowd uh, do something interesting when um, uh, Pilate comes out. Or oh, is it Pilate? Yeah. Here? Yeah. Uh, verse 21, the governor again said to them, which one of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. Now, this is really strange, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So you you got the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin who wanted Jesus dead, crucified. You got Barabbas, Jesus Barabbas, who was a revolutionary who wanted to overthrow the Roman rule, who was a murderer, thief, and a liar. You got Jesus Barabbas standing there, Jesus of Nazareth, Pilate there trying to keep everyone happy. What evil has he done? And you got Jesus of Nazareth, who had performed a whole lot of miracles prior, mm. and not a few weeks before he had raised. Lazarus from the dead. Mm. He had healed people. He had shown love and compassion to people. And then he's asking the crowd, what? who would, who do you want? Yeah, and, and acknowledging that what evil has he done, you know, so he knew that Jesus was really innocent. Now, do you get the bizarreness of the situation here? Mm. Jesus of Barabbas, Pilate in the middle, Jesus of Nazareth, who do you want? Mm. Interesting too. In a way, uh, Pilate himself was also caught up with the crowd in that he was fearful of the crowd. He he didn't want to go against the crowd. No, he didn't. Mm. And so the crowd takes on belief, behaviours, and values that are not normally a part of them. Exactly. We're going to go to a break. We did ask you that question earlier. Have you ever had to stand against the crowd? Share your experience with us. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero. We've got a beautiful song here. This is called Who is Jesus by Caroline Cobb. I saw the demons afraid 
But the children safe in his arms He said, Lazarus, rise up Wake from your sleep And his dead heart started to beat Who is this Jesus But the Son of God by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and this morning we're speaking with Mark Falconer on our series Encounters with Jesus. And we've been talking about how people can get caught up in the mob and uh, in particular we've been looking at the story of Jesus and this is just before his crucifixion where um, Pilate was being asked to uh, sentence him to, to be crucified. And then we talked about Barabbas, who uh, there was this tradition that at this feast period that uh, one prisoner would be let free and the crowd were calling out and calling out to release Barabbas and crucify Jesus. And poor old Pilate was hoping that they would choose Jesus of Nazareth to be, to released. be released. Yeah, yeah because of what is wife had said to him mm. have nothing to do with this man mm. and here's Barabbas who got up in the morning knowing that this was going to be his last day mm. 
and uh, there were three people that were sentenced that day. There were two thieves, and the third cross there was for Barabbas. And so as we imagine the scene there, and Barabbas, who was standing there, along with Jesus of Nazareth, with Pilate in the middle, and Barabbas, what we know of him, he was a revolutionary who was trying to overturn the Roman rule. He was a murderer, a thief, and a liar, and the people were chanting to release Barabbas. That, that's it's weird, it's, isn't it? It's very strange considering Christ had done nothing uh, nothing wrong. In fact, he'd done the opposite, as you mentioned. He'd healed people. He'd helped people. And, and here, here's the curious question. What was it about Jesus of Nazareth that was so dangerous that they wanted him crucified? Interesting. Sometimes it's... Uh, the truth is an uncomfortable thing. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> and it was very uncomfortable, in, in, especially for the uh, Sanhedrin and the Pharisees. Yeah. And here, here you go, you've got the Son of God here who came to this earth to pay the penalty for our sin. Mm. And so Jesus of Nazareth was standing there and if I can just put a little bit of a human twist on this, I've come here to die for these people and they call him out to crucify him? Mm. I mean, this is ungrateful people. Mm. And you couldn't help but just having a little bit of a look round at Barabbas there and saying, hey, I'm dying for you too, you know. <laughs> and knowing that Barabbas was going to be released that day. Mm. Question I ask myself, did Barabbas make use of his second chance? Yeah, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Did he uh, change his life? Did he reform? Did he become a decent person? We don't know, really, do we? No, we don't, but that same second chance is offered to us as well, mm. and we've got to make use of that. Mm. Now, that, just before we go on, you know, there's this, uh, this thought that's... Um, developing in my mind which is it's not surprising but it's something that i think we need to be very careful of and that is that assumption that just because everyone's doing it doesn't make it right or doesn't make it the truth just because everyone believes it or the majority believe it doesn't make it right or doesn't make it the truth and so we need to be really careful about that mentality don't we we we, we do and these people who were in the crowd got carried away with the moment mm. and all of a sudden their beliefs and their values had shifted yeah markedly within mm. a very short period of time and 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 today we are also in a situation whereby Christianity is no longer in favour. People say, oh, well, you know, it's religion that's not in favour. Well, perhaps, but it's there is more of a hostility towards Christianity today mm. than there was, say, 10 years ago. Mm. There's been a real change mm. in our world. Mm. And society in many ways has moved on from Christianity. And and so with identity politics that is so rampant today, that has created an atmosphere whereby there is that real hostility 
um, by some politicians um, as well as the media towards Christianity. And so people are cancelled today for upholding what we have believed for thousands of years, mm. you know, traditional marriage. You know, is, is that the great crime today of traditional marriage? Believing in that, mm. well, the family, <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 it's made that people have been cancelled for that, mm. Mm. you know. And uh, you know, Andrew Thornburn is a is a good example. Who was the CEO of Essendon AFL Club, who mm. effectively was cancelled because of his association as chair of the board of his church. Mm. Is that right? What is it about Christianity that is so dangerous? Mm. Interesting question to ask. Well, I'd love to answer it of ask it of some of the people who are advocating the cancellation of people who believe in traditional marriage mm. And, mm. and believe in traditional values that were commonly held by the masses. So what you're really saying is that uh, this principle that we learn from Scripture here is is alive and well today in our society that mob mentality that had through social media and through politicians that was encouraged through politician had uh, allowed a person like Andrew Thornburn to be cancelled mm. mm. and that same mob mentality is Alive and well today, but it is also pictured in Revelation chapter 13. Mm. Now, if we were to take a, um, a look at Revelation chapter 13, and if we were to read verse 15. And it was allowed to give breath to the image. So this is talking about the beast of uh, Revelation 13. And it was allowed to give breath to the image and the beast, uh, image of the beast, so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Also it causes all, both great and small, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, people look at Revelation chapter 13 and go, well, that's nuts. That's mm. never going to happen. But religious intolerance is growing today. The persecution of Christianity is growing. It's not diminishing. Across the world, Christians are being persecuted. Our culture has moved on from Christianity. We no, lo no longer live in a Christian society. The temptation for us as culture has moved on is for the church to move closer to culture mm. Mm. and to move along with it and adopt the values of culture. And, and part of that that I see, Mark, is this... Um concept that we are meant to have tolerance but but people are becoming more intolerant while proclaiming to be more tolerant and it's interesting that we want uh, everyone to have equal rights except those who don't agree with you yeah <laughs> it's called what i like to say the tyranny of tolerance yeah and uh, and I think um, this is something uh, I, somebody shared something yesterday that I, I read that 
as Christians, we will encounter people who have very different views to us. And we need to remember that God gives them the choice and the right to have their own beliefs. And so we can't force our beliefs on them just as we don't uh, want others to force their beliefs on us. And, and we, we need to respect other people's views and we need We don't to, have to agree with them, but, exactly. but we need to uh, respect their right to have different opinions. Let's learn to have a conversation. Yeah. And, and just one last thing before we go to a break, Jason, and, and, and all these uh, discussions that so often happen in the media are done under the banner of inclusion. Mm. Yeah, you, oh, well, this is about inclusion. But it should not be to the exclusion of Christians. Mm. Mm. We are part of the world too. Yeah. We are part of a society. Big part of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we've got a book offer today. It's called The Truth, The Whole Truth and the Nothing But the Truth. Uh, this is by George Knight. Uh, is there a place where you can truly find the meaning of life and the path to eternity? Is there a message that contains the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? This book turns to the thousands of pages of the Bible from which so many people have found answers to their most profound questions. The scripture, the most widely distributed book of all time, continues to be as true today as when it was written and as vital for our generation as for those times past. So this is our book offer today. Do um, hold in there. To keep, keep listening. After the break, we'll give you the code for this book offer today. This is Look to Jesus by Phil Wickham. Death looks like an empty grave Fear looks like a giant slain Trials look like gifts of grace When I look to Jesus Failure's bout of victory Sin has lost its hold on me Love is all I see when I look to Jesus. How my heart leaps, how my soul sings. For I know where my help comes from. Jesus Crashing down Chains are broken on the ground What can stand against us now When we look to Jesus, yeah
keep my eyes on you We'll dance upon the crashing waves I will keep my eyes on you For only you can make a way I will keep my eyes on you We'll dance upon the crashing waves I will keep my eyes on you For only you can make a way How my heart leaps, how my soul sings For I know where my help comes from Jesus listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM and we are finishing up our program today with Mark Falconer and uh, this uh, title of today's program was Is Jesus Really Serious About Bringing People to Account When Mob Rules? That's a subtitle and uh, before the break we talked about our book offer today it's called The Truth, The Whole Truth and Nothing But The Truth so we've got four copies to give away. First four in to claim this book offer. And the code for today is ENCOUNTER34. ENCOUNTER34. Text that uh, code into 0488880891. So, Mark, in our six and a half minutes left, um, we need to better, I guess, answer the question, what really made the people so afraid of, of Jesus? The, this is the, not the people so much as the uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Yeah, look, and, and and what was it about Jesus that made him so dangerous mm. that they wanted to kill him? Mm. And there's a fascinating question when you really think about it. And, you know, Jesus, who himself was a Jew, and he came as a Messiah to bring life, and life eternal, one who showed compassion and love to uh, those, uh, to the masses. But what Jesus did oppose was the religion of the Pharisees, mm. and that was the salvation by works. Yeah, and and um, a lot of their hypocrisy that went on within that group as, as well. Um, it's making me think that, Perhaps they were they were very fearful of being exposed, and Jesus did expose them. Mm. And as you were saying during our break, and this has been a bit of a theme. Uh, Peter Watts is talking about a light in the dark. When when we have the light of Christ, when we have you know the sun that that shines into ourselves, it can expose some things that are a bit uncomfortable that we don't want to see. And what do we do? Do we allow the sun to melt or to harden? Mm. And so now the the Pharisees, their hearts had become very hard. Mm. And so we need to ensure that when the light shines into our hearts and God 
shines a light into those dark places and exposes those things in our lives, we need to respond positively to that. Mm. But what is remarkable in this situation here is that what made Jesus so dangerous to them was that they would lose their power, position, and the money because everything revolved around the sanctuary and they made an enormous amount of money out of the sanctuary and so they'll lose everything and so they wanted to protect that and so they were motivated by other means mm. and so they whipped up the mob and they whipped them up to such an extent that they said we want um, Jesus Barabbas we want them and um to be released. To, to be released. Mm. And they wanted Jesus crucified, mm. which is just astounding. Mm. And then they cried out, let his blood be on us and on our children. And unfortunately, mm. they those chilling words uh, were fulfilled in AD 70. Mm. The destruction of Jerusalem, some pretty uh, terrible times that they went through. Horrific. But that same mob mentality will be alive and well in Revelation chapter 13, Mm. whereby it will be repeated, whereby people will cry out for God's people to be put to death. Mm. And so that same mob mentality, the same where they adopt the beliefs and behaviours and the values of the mob, and they will do things that they wouldn't have imagined that they would have done just a short time ago. Before, And so in Revelation chapter 13, the decree will go out to put to death, and this issue of the mark of the beast is about worship. The mark is on the forehead and on the hand. Mm. We can see very clearly uh, earlier in the chapter um, where it says uh, here, verse um, 7, it says, also it was allowed to make war against the saints... So the saints here referring to those who are following Christ uh, and to conquer and to conquer them and authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation and all who dwell on the earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life. Um, interesting, isn't it, that uh, this is not going to be a small thing. This is not just going to be a few who worship the beast. It's going to be a worldwide thing. It's going to be a worldwide thing, and people from all over are going to follow this path, the path of the mob. And that's a frightening thing, mm. because people, and this is you and I, pe- it, it, just ordinary people can be easily carried along with this. Mm. And there will be a number of people who will leave their faith mm. when that time comes. And I don't know about you, Jason, but I don't want to be one of those. No, absolutely not. And I want my faith to remain sure during that time Mm. of trial. And, you know, um, studying the book of Daniel, I'm studying it again at the moment, and we did it with Peter Watts uh, recently, gives such a really good example of how strong Daniel and his three friends were in their faith at that time against the mob who were trying to trick them and get them trapped and get them killed and executed. And yet 
Daniel uh, frequently through his actions and through uh, his relationship with God saved you know the people who were often against him. He he, he did, and and just quickly um, before we we close, you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego yeah, the, yeah. when they were thrown into the fire. Mm. God's people will go through the fire in Revelation chapter 13. But do you know the good news was Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego? Who was there with them? Jesus was there with them um, and he saved them. And Jesus will be with us until the end of the world. Mm. But we must make sure that we don't compromise our faith Mm. in those last days. And And, today. And just uh, a a summary point... um, Basically, in in shaping our thinking, there's two ways that we can go. We can either lo- we can either live in and be affected and and uh, f- uh, shaped by the society and the values and the beliefs of our society, or we can uh, be living in the Word of God and be shaped by and um, embrace the values of the biblical teachings. Um, there's two ways that we can go. Isn't there in this uh, in this way, and that's what absolutely right, and that's what we need to be formed by by the Word of God, mm. in, and we need to be shaped by it. Mm. The mark of the beast is on the head and on the hand, it shapes mm. our brains, and it shapes what we do, our behaviours, and our values. Mm. Absolutely. Well, that's all we've got for you today. Um, we hope uh, you can join us again next week, next Monday, with Afi. We're still continuing to study the book of Hosea. Um, of course, tomorrow we've got Peter Watts, and he'll be talking about the topic of Born This Way. Uh, that's an interesting topic. I won't get into it right now. you have to wait till tomorrow. Join us at uh, 9 o'clock with Peter Watts tomorrow. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Encounter 34 is the code for today's offer. Text it into 0488 Thanks for joining us today, and we pray that God is with you and that you feel his presence in your life today. See the birds that are singing in the spring air Given everything they need They don't worry where their next meal will come from They don't worry about a thing So just look around you Try to listen to the song creation sings Don't you worry cause you're in the hands of the God Who made everything
So when you worry about today or tomorrow And the storms that they might bring Try to remember that you're in the hands of the God Who made every single or wings but there's good news cause you're worth so much more 